You meet someone beautiful at an airport. Oh yeah. You never meet someone. Sorry for hitting your arm. I feel really shit about it. Honestly. Oh, it's okay. I'm used to it. Honey, <laughs> this is a hate fam. A hateful baking a mystery. Welcome to today's vlog. Good morning, my loves. It's midnight. <laughs> I'm making my fiance stay up with me because I realized I have very fragile things in the refrigerator that are gonna go bad unless I cook them, unless I use them, unless I don't waste them immediately, right now. And something inside of my soul is telling me that I will not be able to fall asleep until I use this shit. Let me tell you the story first so that you can actually appreciate the beauty of this because there's a story behind this. I wanted to up my baking a mystery game. Like I was so freaking excited to bake some of the most beautiful desserts that I could find on the internet whilst telling you a thrilling, riveting mystery. And so I ordered these flowers and I was thinking about making edible flower cookies because I tried to do some research. I almost ordered a book on what flowers are edible, but then I was like, that's a little too much. And so I did some research on which flowers are edible and I was like, nah, that's still a little bit too much because that could just be flowers that are edible with like a sprinkling of poisoning. And so I found this online website via Reddit called Bachelor's BachelorsGourmetSweetBotanicals.com. They sell edible flowers to gourmet restaurants so these you can put into salads as a garnish on a dish because apparently in most restaurants they have like rules that unless it's edible you can't put it onto a plate as design because people might try to eat it and then yeah. sue you exactly. so um these are all edible flowers and i bought them and then i read a book a book so bad a book so horrendous that i cannot so I'm gonna bake these cookies either way because that was the plan while I hate tell you this horrendous story, okay? But this is a hate bam. Yeah, this is a hate bam. A hateful baking a mystery. Uh. <laughs> the first flower that we've got are called bachelor's buttons and they're really small like bachelor's are. I'm just kidding. <gasps> they're so pretty. Wow, okay. Choose a white one. Choose one that is not that pretty. Thick Ready? one. Cheers. Psych. I ain't eating that. <laughs> How does that taste? Like herbal medicine. Oh. Then we've got the edible flower carnations. These are beautiful. Mm. I'm really excited about these. These are giant. Oh, wow. Yeah. They are very pretty. And they were all pretty well priced. None of them were spectacularly expensive. These are edible flower hibiscus. Oh. Oh, my. Hibiscus. Oh my god, that makes me uncomfortable. Look at that. Oh. These are flower pansies. Oh my god, look beautiful. at that. That's so pretty. These, and then we've got edible flower calendula. They look like sunflowers. That's why I got them. I don't know if sunflowers are edible, but these are. So the way that it works is... You need to get some parchment paper on the bottom. I'm just gonna show you a brief overview, okay? This is what I learned online. I don't know how true it is, huh? So you wanna take off any of like the harsh stems and then they're very delicate. <laughs> they're very delicate. <laughs> I'm so sad. We're gonna retry it. They're very delicate. Okay, there we go. And then what you do is lay them out beautifully like this because at the end, we put another parchment paper and lay down heavy books for 30 minutes while the cookies bake. 
That's what you mean by flour cookies? Yeah. You just freaking lay a piece of flour on top of the cookie? While the cookies are hot, fresh out the oven. Yeah. That's not really cooking. That's like garnishing. You're a garnish. <laughs> I have a full course meal and you're just my garnish. <laughs> it's like cheating. Honey! Hey, I saw someone on TikTok did um... Ice. Oh, ice hold cube. Hold on, hold on. We have giant ice molds. Throw flour in there but and like, then fill it with water. Yeah, arrange it beautifully, sir. How do like, I do that? I didn't see the TikTok. Do you have to have a TikTok to make beautiful flour arrangements? Or are you an independent man who knows exactly what he wants and gets it? Kind of true. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that book that was so shitty that I... You're doing it all wrong. What do you mean? You're just doing it all wrong. You just threw it in there, no? Listen, this book called The Kind Worth Killing is the most freaking ridiculous piece of shit I've ever read. <laughs> and the worst part is, allegedly it was written by someone who writes a lot of poems and I don't know how good their poems are. Okay, so I take that back. I feel like that was a little bit harsh. This is not the worst book that I've ever read. Actually, whilst reading the book, I was somewhat entertained, but in a Fifty Shades of Grey type of way. Like, I would never even categorize this as a mystery, or a thriller, or a horror, or a suspense, or a psychological thriller by any means. I would categorize it as kind of like a kinky romance novel, if anything, okay? But it was categorized in Goodreads as a mystery thriller psychological thriller novel. So you guys can't. <sighs> So I read it, okay? And I think the people, the, like, the reason that people like it is because it's really light for a thriller. Like, it's fun. Like, I see why people like reading it. But it's just, if you study true crime or if you're into true crime or you really want to think about the logistics of the book, nothing makes sense. Like, it's the most nonsensical book that I've ever read, but not even in a creepy way. Like, lock every door. Like, an organ transplant hotel slash condominium building in New York City. Like, it doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. right? Or, like, the teenage killer. Mm -hmm. Does it makes sense but for some reason when they write it it doesn't make you feel like this is kind of dumb right so what's wrong with this one so is it just dumb dumb yeah let me tell you the plot okay now ted fucking ted his name is ted first of all i mean i don't know why i'm so mad at that <laughs> like the name ted okay i actually want to name our son theodore and people would call him ted so i don't know why i'm mad so ted is married to a woman by the name of miranda now ted of course did you guess it he's a rich millionaire he's a ceo he made a bunch of money in the dot-com era of everything and he just makes a shit ton of money selling and buying companies now and he loves his job he's always working for his job he's always doing all this shit and he's been married to Miranda for however many years. I think it was like three years. And that's when he finds out that Miranda is cheating on him. So they met at a friend's party once and she just was beautiful. And like, of course, like Ted is attractive, but he's more rich than he is attractive. And Miranda is more attractive than she is rich. And so it was like the perfect combination. Typical, yeah. And they start dating and he always felt like, you know, she's not a gold digger at all, hmm. at all. And then he lives in Boston. She moved to Boston for him. They start living together, they get married. Married, and she hated Boston. She just wanted more. She wanted more fun. She wanted ocean views. So when they were visiting, vacationing in Maine one day, they bought this beautiful oceanside plot of land, expensive, worth millions of dollars. They bought that land because Miranda thought it'd be a perfect 10-bedroom beach house. So they start building this massive beach house, and they hire this contractor, and Miranda
Amanda was spending a lot more time in Maine overseeing the construction of this beach house than she was in Boston. And so one day Ted goes to visit Miranda while she's, you know, helping the contractors, you know, design this beach house from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And he sees that Miranda, like he sees through the window before he knocks on the door that Miranda and the contractor, who's a divorcee, are sharing a cigarette. Like she was looking over the plans on the kitchen counter and she passed the cigarette and then he took it. Mm-hmm. And the way that he felt, it was just too comfortable. Like you would like I would I've never. Done it too much. Yeah, like they've done it too much. So he was like, could this be? But then Miranda's always like been a very friendly person, mm-hmm. right? So he he's being skeptical. Was he so, him? was he good looking? The yeah, he's buff and. And so he decides to stay longer than he told Miranda that he was going to stay. That He said that he's going to drive down to Boston later, but he ended up staying a lot longer. And he was watching through their windows while they were doing it on the kitchen court's countertops that he was paying for. So he was like, fuck you, bitch! So then he's mad. This was a week ago. Then he went to England, to the UK. I never know how to call it England or the UK anyways. He goes to the UK to do some business. And while he's at the Heathrow Airport in the business class lounge, because of course he fucking is, he runs into this beautiful red-headed woman. And she introduces herself as Lily. And he's like, what do you do, Lily? And she's all like, I work at a college in Boston. And he was like, Boston? Because, I mean, what are the chances? You meet someone beautiful at an airport, Oh yeah. You never beat someone. I'm just kidding. Oh, so sorry. Are you okay? I'm okay. It just shook me. <laughs> you never meet someone beautiful at an airport. But anyways, he says whenever you meet someone beautiful at an airport, it's sad because you know they're probably headed to the other side of the world. You're going back to Boston and you'll never see them again. But she was headed to Boston. She lives in Boston. So he was a little bit intrigued and he was definitely drunk because it's an airport lounge. She's headed to Boston. She's beautiful. And he was mad. So she sees the wedding ring. You know, she asks about the marriage. And and he tells her everything in his drunken state. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really mad at my wife. I caught her cheating. Tells her the whole story of how he caught her. And mm-hmm. she says, so what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, what I'd really like to do is I'd like to kill her. And Lily looks at Ted, deadpan in the face, and says, I think yeah. you should. Okay. Listen, I can't even find a charging outlet at an airport. And you're telling me that two beautiful people just like coincidentally meet at an airport and decide to plot a murder together, the coincidences are a little too thick. So then we find out about Lily and her life. Now Lily's life is very interesting because her dad is a famous author and she lived in this massive house in Connecticut and it was a beautiful house. It had like the woods behind it. I mean it was a mansion and they had this guest house and her mom was this hippie artist and she would always invite people over to stay at their guest house over the summers. Lily hated it, okay? They were always having like sex parties, the parents. It was just very strange, not an environment for a young person. Yeah, and like would always invite these old creepy people to be like around and she's like in middle school and elementary school and she just did not like it, okay? And one of them was a man by the name of Chet who was an aspiring artist, also a student of her mom because her mom's an artist, right? Mm -hmm. And he just rubbed her the wrong way. Like she was 13 and he would constantly look at her and just be like, you're beautiful, you know that? And she'd be like, okay, thanks. And he's like, you know, most of the time adults my age can't say stuff like that to you because it's creepy. But mm-hmm. I can say it because I'm an artist and I'm just appreciating the world's beauty. And he would watch her get out of the pool. He would like wait around to see her in a bikini and she just hated it. Now one yeah. day her cat was about to get assaulted by a stray cat. A stray cat runs onto the lawn, a stray cat, and starts assaulting her cat. So she screams and screams and her cat is like all bloody and stuff because the stray cat was like digging his claws into her. Mm-hmm. And she tells her mom and she's like, mom, mom, what do I do? What do I do? This cat just a 
assaulted my baby cat. Oh. And then her mom goes, well then don't let your cat out. And so Lily's really upset by this because this is her cat. This is her cat's yard. Why oh. should her cat not go outside? Yeah. Because there's a little rapist cat on the run, you know? Facts. Facts. So then the next time she let her cat out uh -huh. and that little cat came and tried to Humpty Dumpty her cat uh -huh. and so she gets a rock and throws it at that cat and it plops dead and she keeps throwing rocks at it and then later she just sees its dead body and she leaves it because you know what she doesn't know what to do she's 13 she leaves the dead body and the cat starts bloating and starts getting everywhere because that's the purge process of decomposition and she said it really wasn't that intense like she didn't look at that and feel bad at all because technically uh -huh. It deserved it, right? Yeah, so that happens to her. And then her parents have another big party. And that's when she was in her room because all of these adults are downstairs. And she hears someone opening her room door slowly. So she pretends to be asleep. And Chet comes in and he grabs her boob. And she oh, pretends shit. to be asleep. And he touches himself. And then he leaves. And she panics, she's traumatized, and she doesn't know what to do because she feels like if she tells her mom, her mom's gonna say, well, she thought her mom honestly was gonna say, why didn't you do anything with him? Just have some fun, let loose Lily, right? What? But then even if she didn't say that, she felt like her mom would say, well, then you should have woken up and like screamed. Like, why mm -hmm. didn't you say something, right? Yeah. So she felt like it was all up to her to handle it by herself. And she knew exactly how she was gonna do it. Killed him? Because she's done it before. She's killed someone before? The cat. So this is her magic plan. Over the next couple of days, she starts gathering these massive rocks. So there's this big house that shares the woods in between mm. and that hasn't been abandoned for years and years and years. So nobody was coming to that house. And there was this tiny little well in the floor. Usually she would go there and she would like read books around there, but she started to collect lots of heavy rocks around there. And then one night she was watching the guest house and he came out onto the balcony for a smoke. And she said, hey Chet, like, can you please come help me with something? And he says, absolutely. So they start walking into the woods at night together. She's got her little flashlight and he's talking to her and she's talking to him and she's just grossed out by him and mm -hmm. he even tries to ask her about that night like so like are you like a light sleeper and stuff and she just thinks it's disgusting because it mm -hmm. is pause the story because i need to get some books that looks so cool get some books yeah you have to put books on top uh, how does it look it looks interesting sorry for hitting your arm i feel really shit about it I'm oh it's okay i'm used to it honey <laughs> We just need to make sure that they don't flip. That's the main. And then we put this on top. Oof. And then we put books on Oof. top. What, can I just sit on there? <laughs> no. Why can't I sit on there? No! So instead of books, I got two weights from the gym and then our rice bucket. A few moments later. I made perfectly shaped cookie dough. I'm kidding, I bought it. <laughs> so I bought a Philsbury sugar cookie dough pack and you just literally slice them. That's it. And you just place them about two inches apart. So we just stuck those pieces into the oven and somehow this is turning into a baking a mystery. Honestly, it was gonna be me just bitching about the plot of this, but I'm getting too into it and my fiance wants to know more, okay? So what happened was she collected all of these rocks in the woods, right? And I'm making myself a tea. That's the sound of the tea kettle. Sorry, it's a little bit loud. And so she collects all these rocks in the woods and she's like, Chet, Chet, help me in the woods. And he's like, yes. And so he starts asking her as if, you know, do you remember that night? He's trying to ask her all these questions because he mm -hmm. wants to know if he's gonna get in trouble by her parents and get kicked out and she acts dumb now when they get to the well she said listen there's something down below the well and I think it's some
something mysterious. And so he thinks that he's just playing along with like a little teenager. Like when you're a teenager, you think everything like weird is happening in the woods. And so he's like, what could it ever be? So he looks down the well and she says, it's not really that deep, but there's something heavy there and I can't pull it up by myself. And so he leans down and he grabs the rope and he turns back around at her and he stares at her boobs. And that's when she was like, oh no, he for sure gonna die. And <laughs> and he's like, what are you going to do for me if I get this out of the well for you? Uh -huh. And she's like, I don't know. And he goes, anyways, we can think about it later. Like, just being a total creep. And she had already planned for this because the rope was so sticky. He, his hand just kept sliding and she had cut, put hair gel all over it. She had tied a bunch of heavy rocks to the bottom. Oh. But he couldn't see. So right. then because this part of the rope is sticky, he had to lean down into the well to grab a non-sticky part of the rope. Oh. And he starts pulling it up and she goes, don't fall, don't fall. And she goes, here, let me help you. Let me hold on to you. So she goes up behind him and holds onto his pants. And uh -huh. he says, okay, I'm going in. And he's got the rope and he starts pulling and he goes, it's almost up. And that's when with all of her strength, she pushes him in. Uh, into so the, the well. rock pulls him down. Yeah, and then he falls head first and his neck breaks and she thought that he was going to scream and pant and you know beg but he was just dead. She shined her flashlight down and he was just like had a broken neck. And so then she went back to the little guest house, packed up all of his stuff into garbage bags, threw it down the well and then threw up a bunch of rocks to cover it and then threw in some leaves and some mud in there. That's it? That's it. She didn't even Nope. And so then she went back home the next morning. Her parents were like, that's a little bit weird, but never said anything to her. And they still didn't say anything to her. And she thought it would be weird for her not to mention something. So a week later, she tells her parents, like, whatever happened to Chet? I haven't yeah. seen him around. And her mom is like, oh, that ungrateful little prick. Like, he left with all of his things without saying goodbye. I knew he was a little see you on TV. It's, you know, like, she was just upset. And so she... She was like, oh, so the guest house is free because that's where she used to love reading her books. And that's when she realized two things. For the entire week after she murdered Chet, she was waiting for two things to happen. Uh -huh. One, for her to get caught. And two, for her to feel guilty about it. But those two things never came. So that's what we know about Lily, and that's what we know about Ted, and they meet at this airport, and he's talking about how he wants to murder his wife, and she's just saying, seriously, then you should. Mm -hmm. And he gets more drunk on the plane, they're on the same plane, they're both business class, and they start talking, they start flirting, you know, and she's like, no, you should do it. And then he was like, no, you're crazy, like, who says stuff like that? Like, you're fucking kidding. And she's like, I'm not kidding. And she says, you know, murder's not as bad as people believe it is. Think about it, every single person in this world dies. True. So what if there's a couple bad people and you just push them a little bit faster? I don't think the world would be too upset, would they? And they're bad people. And so he was like looking at her like, who the fuck just talks about murder so casually? And he was intrigued. And he said, you know, why Why do you even want to help me? Like, what, do you have you murdered people before? Like, you make it sound so easy. Uh -huh. And she said, I will tell you everything if we actually murder her. You know, if it goes through, I'll tell you so everything. So she wants him to do it so bad? Why? Because she's been cheated on. Uh, and so after they get off of the plane in Boston, they live in different parts of Boston. She works at a college, he's a millionaire, whatever. And uh, that's my tea. <laughs> I got my little glass. I put in the water. You don't put in the tea back first? 
sometimes I do water first. So they decide after they get off their plane that they're going to meet in Concord, Massachusetts, which they'd never been before, and that was strategically planned at the local, like, inn. And they said, in a week, this is the date that we'll meet, this is the time, and if one person doesn't show, like, literally, just forget the plan. No hard feelings. We have a week to think about it. Maybe Lily doesn't want to be an accomplice to murder. Maybe Ted doesn't want to murder his wife, just wants a divorce. So Ted goes home, and that's when he starts really kind of second-guessing. Do I really want to murder my wife, right? Mm -hmm. And he notices maybe he has to because the way she's talking to him, I mean, she's just such a good liar. He tells her, you know, she's going to be visiting Maine one day, and she looks so excited, and she's just constantly spending his money on furniture for the new house that she's the contractor in. I mean, he's livid. He's so upset. He's mad. And so he decides to go meet Lily in Concord, Massachusetts. And mm -hmm. that's when they sit down and they come up with a plan. So the first thing is Miranda has to die. Miranda's his wife, you know, because she is lying. She's a cheater. She's a bad person. And she's so good at lying. She's going to hurt the next person she dates or marries. And she doesn't deserve a penny of the money that Ted made because she never made any money for their relationship. And mm -hmm. Ted's upset by this. And Brad, who's the contractor, he must die too because Miranda is using his money while cheating on him. Brad is making money from him while doing his wife. Like, they're both people. They both need to die is the conclusion, okay? Mm -hmm. Again, this is why I didn't think it was a begging a mystery material because, like, so casual. They said, okay, this is the plan. So Ted has to go to Maine to kind of understand the schedule. So he's going to stay there for a week and understand, you know, when Brad comes and goes, how many builders are in the house at a time, how mm -hmm. much construction crew is there, blah, 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 blah. Miranda's schedule, who knows Miranda, does anybody know about the affair in town, etc, etc. He's just going to do some digging. And he wasn't going to see Lily until after like he wasn't gonna see Lily until he was a widower the plan was that he was gonna become a widower Miranda would miraculously disappear and Brad would disappear and everyone would think that Brad killed Miranda and now is on the run and so then afterwards he would coincidentally run into Lily at a local Boston Starbucks and they would fall in love together and no one would think it's weird because they didn't even know each other you know it's not Say like so they do want to get together. Yeah, they want to get together, right? Wow. And so that was the plan. And so he goes back and he tells Miranda that he's going to be spending a week in Maine. And she's all like, I'm so excited, sweetie. And that's when he was like, this fucking bitch. Like, I wouldn't even be able to tell that she's lying because she's that good. Like, she genuinely makes me feel like she loves me. When in reality, she's having an affair with the contractor. And he was like, it's okay though. Two things about his trip to Maine make him happy. He doesn't want to spend a single second with Miranda, but he's excited because he can only imagine what Brad looks like when Miranda tells him, hey, we got to lay low for a week because my husband's in town. Mm -hmm. And secondly, it means one week closer to seeing Lily again. So he's real excited. Is there a twist to the story? There's a lot of twists to the story. So he goes to Maine and he starts doing Miranda. <laughs> so they're doing it and she she seems like the perfect wife and he sees the house. I mean, why the fuck do they need 10 bedrooms? And then he starts getting mad because she was making a man cave for him. Mm -hmm. And at first when he was happy in love, he was like, that is so sweet that my wife would make me a man cave. And then he realized that's not sweet at all because she's wasting my money on things that I don't even think I'll ever use. And he gets really mad. That's what's happening, right? And he keeps asking Brad to go get a beer with him at the inn that they're staying at, the hotel that Miranda always stays at when she's in Maine because she can't live in the house. It's not livable yet. And Brad is like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. And he asks Miranda, hey, why doesn't our contractor want to 
just grab a beer with us? And he says, oh, him? He's only at the local bar. Like, he's never going to get, like, an overpriced hotel beer. He's not like that. Anyways, yeah, he's, he's a weirdo. He sleeps with so many women. That's why his wife divorced him, because he would have so many affairs at that local bar. And so what? he's like, this little sneaky hoe. Right? I mean, she's doing it to make it seem like they're not in a weird affair. So he's like, I, she just deserves to die. That's what he's thinking. He finally catches Brad by himself outside the house and he was leaving. And Miranda was like doing her own thing. I think she was at the hotel. And he says, listen, like, let's grab a beer. I'll go to the bar that you want to. So then Brad's like, okay, hop in. So he hops into Brad's truck and they go to the local bar and they start drinking. And Brad's like an alcoholic. He's got yellow teeth from cigars. I mean, from far away, he's very handsome, very buff. Like that raggedy, like mountain man, I'm gonna fucking chop some wood, beats looking at my muscle. But then close up, he's just really what's spectacular about him? Like he's got yellow ass teeth, he's a freaking alcoholic, like what what is the reason? Right? He's got yeah. kids that don't live with him. It seems like he doesn't even care about his kids. Uh -huh. Ken's like, what the fork is going on? And then Brad gets really drunk and is saying shit. Like, how did you get so lucky in your marriage? And he was like, uh, I guess just luck. And Brad goes, Yeah and money and uh -huh. then he's like apologizing like I don't know why I said that sorry man and he's like it's okay and it's just a really awkward encounter and finally Brad was like yeah do you mind if you like drive me home and then maybe Miranda can pick you up from where I live because I'm like too drunk and he had driven and so he drives Brad back to his house and it's just like a dump and he mentions even saying something like this is where you live and there was just this awkwardness because obviously their income levels are so different and for him to say that it's very pretentious yeah. and so Brad gets offended he Hops up onto the couch, drinks more beer, and he says, can I use your restroom? And inside the restroom, he sees, like, Viagra and shit. And that's when he's like, why is Brad so special? Like, why does my wife... 12 minutes. The cookies. Oh, my God, the cookies are huge. The cookies. Ooh. Wow. Beautiful. Oh, no. Two more no, minutes. So and then we find out that he has Viagra and so Ted kind of leaves happy. He's like, first of all, my wife and this dude are going to be dead and I'm going to be with Lily and I'm also going to die realizing that the person that my wife is cheating on me with is not even that special, you know? He ain't boo-boo. Now we go back to Lily's life, okay? So we go to Lily's college days because we obviously have to find out what kind of woman would just be like, yeah, let me help you murder your wife after meeting you. So we kind of see her entire life, whereas we just see Ted in present time. So Lily, when she was in college, she went to a place called Mathers College, and when she was a junior, she met a guy by the name of Eric. And Eric had walked up to her one day after class and given her this little skull card, and she grabbed it, and he said, come by St. Dustin's or whatever, and it's like this super elite club in Mathers. It's like one of those, like, you know what I mean? Like I would do a mukbang on it, like a secret society club. And so he was like, come by. And apparently his great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was like one of the founders of this college, so this was like a really elite club. So she goes by and she starts slowly falling in love with Eric, but unbeknownst to her, he was dating a woman by the name of Faith. She was a senior, she was fucking beautiful, and they were always doing it, okay? And she had walked up and on them kissing one time. And that just like made Lily a little bit mad because she's like, why? Like, what's so great about her? But whatever, she came every single week to the elite parties and then would leave. And then one day at the end of the year, he had invited her to an intimate gathering with just like a couple people at that like elite house. So she goes and she's like, so where's Faith? And he's like, oh, good riddance. Like, we broke up, but like, I don't need to cry about it. Like, she's the worst anyway. She was bad for me, and he was getting drunk, and they ended up doing it. And that was the first time she did anybody, Lily. So, 
two minutes. Well, let me open up these flowers. Whoa! What now? Now we place them. Bring the That's camera. All? Yeah. So while their cookies are hot. We got a flower mukbang. Dun dun. What? It doesn't go on though. Yeah, the cookies are already hardened. I've got a backup plan. That's why I bought this. What is that? Tiny bit of frosting to stick it. Oh, is that what it is? This is hella DIY. Oh, look at how uncomfortable this one looks. <laughs> you know what? It's not turning out the way that I thought it would. Mm, it's supposed to look a little bit better. Can you show me what it's supposed to look like? No, because then you'll laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, she's trying to make these. Not too shabby. Close these enough. These are so crispy. Why does it smell like the popcorn? The two minutes that you wanted to cook, <sighs> bake extra. Yeah. Also has to do with the flower choice too. I mean, yours is not shabby at all. They said if you make the cookies from scratch, it'll be better, but that seemed really hard. Yeah. It's not bad. I'm pretty impressed. They're like the bootleg Instagram flower cookies, but they're still flower cookies. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so continuing on. Lily in college sleeps with Eric. This is her first boyfriend. She never really thought that she would fall in love for whatever reason. She just always had a distaste in men. So she falls in love with Eric. They sleep together at the end of her junior year. So when she becomes a senior, she never talked to him over summer. Like she just completely disappeared and never try to contact him and that's because she just wanted good memories of him so the next year she's settling into her dorm and there's a knock on the door and it's Eric and she genuinely thought that he was there for the rest of the like the roommates because she was living with three girls but he was there for her and he was like listen I've been thinking about you all summer and I want to date you and I think I love you and so she was like what the fork so all year they start dating and it just was kind of insane like there was just a lot going on so Faith his ex-girlfriend started dating his best friend so they were constantly around Around, but it didn't necessarily really bother her at any point. I mean, they were just completely different people. Like, she didn't really get along with Faith. Faith constantly tried to get along with her, and she never felt uncomfortable about it. Like, Lily is a boss bitch in this part of the story, okay? She's like, whatever, I don't care that your ex-girlfriend is around. And the one thing that she was nervous about is that after this year together, he would be going to New York City to work in finance and she would be going to London for an abroad program in art. So she's a little bit nervous about how that long distance gonna work and what's the summer gonna be like. So then the school year ends, it's wonderful. And during the summer, she goes home to Connecticut and she's gonna go to London when the semester starts. And he had already started living in New York. And he's like, listen, instead of you coming to the city every weekend, why don't I come to you every weekend because honestly I can just take a train to go to Connecticut every weekend and get away from this city I hate it here so she says that sounds great so he comes over every weekend and it seems like after college their relationship just started maturing a lot like they just it seemed like they were almost married almost right then one day her dad said that he had some work Lily's dad said that he had work to do in New York City and why doesn't she join him for lunch so she goes to New York City, and that's when she runs into a girl by the name of Katie, who also went to Mathers. And she's like, oh my god, Katie, like, how are you? Oh my gosh, I missed you, blah, 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 like, let's get coffee. So they go to Starbucks, and they're sitting down, and she starts bringing up Eric. She's like, so do you see Eric a lot? And Katie looks at her and goes, oh yeah, I don't, I mean, I didn't really want to bring him up. And Lily's like, why wouldn't you want to bring him up? Well, because you guys aren't seeing each other anymore? Uh -oh. And she's like, huh interesting so do you see him a lot and she goes actually no like i thought that i would after we graduated and since we're in new york city together but we don't because i think his grandpa has cancer and that's why he leaves the city every weekend to like go take care of his grandpa or something i don't know uh -huh. it seems really sad and so lily is super pissed wait so she, what kind of f coincidence is that i know this book is just 
full of coincidence. Okay. <laughs> so then Lily decides to go see where he works to see what's going on. And she's about mm-hmm. to run into him when he walks out of his work building and this girl gets out of a taxi. Mm-hmm. A redhead. And that was just a bigger slap in the face to her. But she was like, nah, this annoying because her redhead is studio done and I'm a natural redhead but does he have a thing for redheads or something like who the fork is she and so she's looking and the girl turns around and it's Faith his ex-girlfriend <laughs> had dyed her hair red and now so they were dating. dating three people no his ex-girlfriend just those two uh, just Lily and Faith so she's like that is so messed up and she calls him that night and she doesn't want to act like she knows so she's like listen if you don't want to be exclusive it's fine and like I can just meet other people in London and he's like no baby I love you so then he drives her to the airport next week when she heads to London because it's the end of summer and she's like no seriously like we don't have to be in a relationship long distance is hard and he's like no baby I love you I don't want you to be with anyone else and I don't want to be with anyone else and he had already bought a ticket for six weeks later to go visit her in London and he's like listen six weeks is short baby girl and I'll see you then so she goes to London and her roommate's name is Addison weird anyway (laughs) what's so weird I guess she was like hitting the woe in college in London I don't know anyway so so she gets this roommate and her boyfriend Eric is visiting and she had it all planned out the only thing she had to plan out was how to get him drunk so she realized that the local pub is having this drinking contest and she felt like okay he's gonna be drunk for this and it's gonna be so much easier so he comes to London and he's super competitive so she goes to that bar and they're like drinking contest that day and she's like there's a drinking contest at like she acts dumb and mm-hmm. he's like I want to join like I can pound some beers oh. so it's supposed to be like you drink a certain amount of kegs within a certain amount of hours that you're there it's not necessarily like the fastest drinker you just have to mm. drink a certain amount yeah. and so then she stays with him for like the first three hours and then she gets bored and she's like I don't want to be here like I'm just gonna grab some dinner and go home and he's like are you sure like I'll meet you at the flat like I know where you live uh-huh. she's like okay so she goes to get Indian food uh-huh. and she asks the person specifically are there cashews in here and he says yes that one has cashews that one doesn't and she says perfect so she goes home uh-huh. she takes out all the cashews of the curry uh-huh. she grinds it down to a paste in her food processor puts the cashew paste into the Indian food again and leaves a couple of cashews okay then she puts it into her fridge now Eric comes home multiple hours later super drunk and she had hidden his EpiPens because he's allergic to nuts and he doesn't like to carry his EpiPen. When you're deathly allergic to nuts or anything, you should carry your EpiPen, which is life-saving. Mm-hmm. But he feels like it's a dip in his confidence. So mm-hmm. she hides it under the mattress, and he comes home, and she's acting a little bit be just all like, I don't want to be with you, you know, like whatever, I'm just gonna go to bed, like I'm tired, like there's Indian food for you in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And this worked out because during college, they would always eat that curry together, and the place that near Mathers, they never put cashews in their curry, but mm-hmm. this place in London does. and so he opens up the fridge she can hear him microwaving it and then she starts hearing him choke because the cashews mm-hmm. and then he runs and he's like looking and she's like EpiPen EpiPen and she pretends to dig through his bag dumps it on her bed no EpiPen and he knocks down onto the ground and he's like call someone and he can barely talk and she's like call 911 okay and she rushes outside and then she waits mm-hmm. until she can't hear anything anymore and she waits some more And then she goes and she checks his pulse and he's dead. Mm -hmm. So then she calls the police. 
-hmm. And then she gets those few cashews she had left mm -hmm. and puts it back into the curry that he was just eating. Mm -hmm. And then she grabs his EpiPens, put them into a, wipes off her prints, puts them into a Ziploc bag, and then puts them back into his bag in like a side pocket mm -hmm. that wasn't opened. And she starts freaking out, calls the police. They get there and they rule the death an accident. Damn. Because he was drunk and he ate nutty curry. That was well plotted though. Yeah. Really well plotted. Mm -hmm. And she felt like everything else was behind her. From now on, she's just not going to fall in love. She's not going to do anything. Uh -huh. Like, she's not going to kill people. She's not going to do anything. She's just going to uh -huh. live her life in solitude, right? And then life proceeds. Now let's talk about Ted. So Ted goes back home to Boston. He had just spent, you know, the week in Maine and he felt really good about himself. He's like, this is good. Like, we're going to kill her soon. And, <laughs> and they had it all planned out. It was coming up in a couple of days after Miranda got back from her, like, bachelorette trip with some of her friends who's like a bachelorette to Miami. And so the day that she's leaving, she packed a suitcase and he starts noticing a couple things that are weird. Her suitcase is awfully a little heavy. And he gets her an Uber. She gets into the Uber and she hugs him and is acting so nice. And he, she was like, what are you gonna do today? And he was like, nothing. I'm just gonna eat some lamb tonight and that's it. I got some nice lamb in the freezer. And so then as she's headed to the airport, she texts him, remember to get the lamb out of the freezer, which he finds a little bit weird because she never really does stuff like that. And as he's about to walk to get the lamb out of the freezer, there's a knock on the door and he opens it and it's Brad. And he's like, Ted, can we please talk? He says, sure, come in. And he's about to open the door when he realizes there's no reason that this contractor drove all the way from Maine to Massachusetts right now. And he's about to say, actually, now's not a good time when Ted says, let me in. And he has a gun. And so he lets him in. Brad is like looking around and is like, oh, is this where rich people live? You know, like being all weird. And they start fighting. And then he runs upstairs. Who runs upstairs? Ted. Uh-huh. And Brad's chasing him. And that's when, before he dies, he realizes, no, this makes sense. There's no way Miranda would love someone like Brad. Like a low life, needs Viagra. She's got high standards. She doesn't love Brad. She's using Brad. Oh, sh And so that's when he says, Miranda will never be with someone like you. And that's when Brad says, it's not about the money, and shoots him. And Ted is dead. It's not about the money. Then what the fuck is it about? Love? We'll see. I mean, the story's kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, Lily, she's reading the news, and she really likes Ted because, you know, they met when they were talking about murder. She feels like, if anything, this is the only person maybe she could tell everything to. Uh-huh, because he wants to murder. Yeah, and, yeah. like, there's no one else she could marry and be like, hey, I murdered my college boyfriend. And so now we get her per perspective of when she went to Heathrow Airport, so the first time they met. And so she's walking through the business lounge of the airport, and she says, wait a second, is that Ted? I doubt he remembers me. And so she sits down, and sure enough, he doesn't remember her. But that makes sense, because they only met for, like, two seconds once before because he was um, engaged to Faith when she ran into Eric's ex-girlfriend, Faith, at the farmer's market in Boston. And she was like, Faith? From college, it's Lily. And Faith turned around and said, oh, I go by Miranda now. Oh my God, I just got goosebumps. Oh, <laughs> and she, this is my fiance, 
hey, Ted. Ted came over and he was busy making business calls. So it was like, nice to meet you. And he was rushed and he was on the phone and he wasn't really paying attention. And Faith had, well, Miranda, Faith, whatever, had looked Lily straight in the eye and had said, I'm really sorry about what happened to Eric. I heard he was in London when it all happened. I never got a chance to call. That's when Lily was like, you little slut. I know you were sleeping with him, but she didn't say that. She uh -huh. said, it's okay. Yeah, it's been a long time anyway. And she walked away. So she wants Faith dead. That's why she's egging him on. Ah. And so she reads the newspaper and finds out that Ted is dead. Now oh, all of Boston shit. believes that it was a burglary gone wrong because millionaire, mm -hmm. rich person, whatever, you get it. And she was just so upset. Now her first thinking is, okay, I should turn in Miranda and say that she was having an affair. Of course it's the wife. But then again, the police, they're probably not going to do their job and they're not going to know. And you know, even if, even if she was convicted, they would make like 20,000 movies out of her because Miranda's beautiful. Beautiful wife kills her rich tech husband. She would like that. Miranda would like that. She likes the attention. So no, she has to handle this herself. So then we get Miranda's perspective for the first time. God damn. So we find out that Miranda did use Brad to kill Ted. She didn't like Brad. She doesn't love Brad. But Brad no. was a ways to her means. And she didn't know that when she married Ted that she was going to murder Ted or have him killed. But one day when they were dating, after they had gotten married, she was sleeping. She woke up early and he was just sleeping. Mm -hmm. Like a clueless person, just sleeping. And he was making this weird noise with his nose like a kind of like a nasally snore but it wasn't too loud and she wanted to kill him in that moment mm -hmm. because the thought of growing old with this person just made her so mad because she's bored of him yeah and that was the day she started planning the murder of ted so they bought that land in maine she got this contractor she started hooking up with him so she had planned it so then we have Detective Kimball, who is the detective that is put onto this case. You've got millionaire who's murdered. It's a big case. He needs to solve it. And that's when he realizes that he did have, um, before he died, he had a couple parking tickets at the college nearby. He's not affiliated with the college. He's not an alumni. He doesn't work there. So why would Ted, this millionaire tech dude, go to this college nearby? And it's because he wanted to see where Lily worked. Like, he was pretty in love with Lily at that point when he died for some reason, okay? And so he had gotten a parking ticket. Lily had no idea about any of this. And so Detective oh Kimball is like, why gosh. would he go to that college? I mean, that's just a little bit weird. He went the day that he died too. So, I mean, it's just all strange. Uh -huh. So he calls Miranda and is like, hey, by the way, like, do you know if he knows anyone at that college? Uh -huh. And she's like, no, definitely not. That's uh -huh. a little weird, right? And so she's getting a little bit stressed. Like, what do we do? What if what if Ted has secrets too? And all those secrets get exposed and something bad happens, you know? And she's like, no, I'm overthinking it. Now Lily decides to be Nancy Drew. So she goes up to Maine and she's just trying to figure out how many people know about the affair because then the police will somehow get to the conclusion of the affair too. Mm -hmm. So she goes and she stays at that hotel that everyone stays in, that Miranda and Ted had stayed in. And mm -hmm. she befriends the bartender and the bartender tells her like, did you, are you from Boston? Did you hear about the guy that got murdered? Yeah, they were building a house on that cliff over there. I mean, mm -hmm. it was going to be like a 10 bedroom. They're rich, you know? Mm -hmm. And they were just gossiping. And she was like, huh, so her wife is just always here by herself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't think that she was like seeing someone else in Maine? No. I mean, it seemed like she was obsessed with her husband. She would be so giddy anytime he would come back to Maine. So, no, I think they loved each other. 
-hmm. That's just so sad, isn't it? So she was like, damn it, I'm not going to get any answers here, right? So she gets a little bit frustrated. And then she decided to go hang out at the local bar in hopes to running into Brad. But she couldn't. And so as she's walking out after spending like hours at the bar, she sees Brad and he's getting out of his truck. So that's when she approaches him and she has her stun gun in her pocket, her taser, and she's holding on to it. And she said, hey, can we talk in your car for a second? And he looked like he hadn't slept in days uh -huh. since the murder, almost. Uh -huh. And he looks agitated and he says, I I'm kind of busy right now. And she says, no, no, let's just talk in your car. So she gets into his car and he says, I don't even know who you are. Like, what do you want? And she says, well, what happened to Ted? And he's like, I, I just work for him. Like, I just work here. I don't know, right? <laughs> and she said, okay, well, can you do me a favor? And he's like, why would I do you a favor? I don't even know you. Well, you can do me a favor or I'm going to tell the police that you drove to Massachusetts on Friday and murdered Ted. And so then he's like, what the f***? Who are you? And then we go back to Miranda's point of view. Uh -huh. So Miranda gets another call from the detective and he's like, listen, you need to come down to the station because we have a witness who said that he saw that this person running out of your house that day. We just want to see if you know this person because maybe it's not a burglary. So she's freaking out because Brad is weak. You know, he's a little pussy bitch and he looks like he's about to explode. Like he's about to tell the cops everything. And so she goes and she sees the sketch and it looks just like Brad. Now she <laughs> knows that she can't say, I don't know who this is yeah. so she's sitting there and she's panicking she goes you know i mean uh, that kind of looks like my contractor a little bit from maine but he's only working on a house in maine i mean i don't know if that helps uh -huh. and so he's like that does help interesting uh -huh. and in that moment miranda realizes wait a fucking second i know someone at that college i ran into lily from college at the farmer's market and she told me she's in Boston because she works at the local... No, why would they... They don't even know each other. They met like for two seconds at the farmer's market, Ted and Lily. And she's putting two and two together and she panics and she's like, okay, I'm just going to say some bullshit so that they don't question Brad because she thinks the minute that they question Brad, he's going to get caught. So she says, you know, detective, I actually know someone who was at that college. Lily, we're not really friends. She stole my college boyfriend, but... I mean, I don't know if they knew each other. Maybe they did. Small world. And then he's like, okay, thank you. So then she leaves. She's freaking out. Like, what the f*** does Lily have to do with any... No, the chances of that happening are so slim. Like, they don't even know each other. Uh -huh. Detective Kimball goes to Lily's house and knocks on the door and interviews her. Uh -huh. And she's really chill. She's like, yeah, I read about that on the news. I mean, it's so sad. I don't know him, but so sad. Uh -huh. And he says, so you've never met him before? No. So what about when you went to the UK a couple months ago? Yeah, that was for work. Okay. Well, he also went to UK that month. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and you guys were on the same flight back. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, was that... I was so drunk, but I, I did talk to a couple people at the business lounge, but I don't know if I talked to him. And so then he says, you know what, thank you for your time. And as he's leaving, he can't help but think he knows Miranda's lying, but he also knows that Lily's lying. How but does he know Miranda's lying? She's just too suspicious, you okay. know, putting on a show and shit. Uh -huh. And so he's just like, these two women, they're lying, but he doesn't know why and how they're connected. Like, could it really be about college? Probably not. So he's like, I need to do some more digging. And he, his hypothesis is that Ted fell in love with Lily on the plane. Huh? I mean, why wouldn't he? Lily is beautiful, and it almost seems like the detective is falling in love with Lily, right? <laughs> what? Lily's 
beautiful, you know? Really? Yeah, and so, I mean, yeah, of course, any man could just talk to her for two seconds, and, you know, he knows that his he's read all of her dad's books, he remembers that, and she's she's almost like his books, like, just has this weird air about her, like, very calm, like, almost emotionless, but in a really attractive way. She's got this super pale skin, this striking red hair. Creepy detective. <laughs> now Miranda's freaking out and he, she drives to Maine to go talk to Brad and he's freaking out and that's when she looks through his window and sees that he was talking to Lily. And so she's like, what the fuck's going on? And so she confronts, Miranda confronts Brad and is like, why were you talking to Lily? How do you even know her? Like, she's from my college, she's a bitch, right? When was this now? After all of this. Okay. And then um, Brad says, listen, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but Lily wants to kill you. And she's like, what? And he says, I don't know how, but she knows everything. She knows about the fair. She knows about everything. She knows how about we're like trying to go and go onto a private island together after all of this. And he has all of his money. Like we're trying to escape together. Like she knows everything. And she said that I'm going to, you're going to turn me in. You're going to tell the police it was all me and that I'm this delusional contractor that killed your husband just so I could be with you. And then you never even wanted to be with me. And like, she said, I have to kill you, but she said, I shouldn't kill you. She's going to kill you. I don't know. And so she Miranda's was right. like, what the and so Miranda's like, you know, I would never do that, hubby. You know, I'm just going to marry you. She's a hubby? Yeah, she's like, don't <laughs> worry about it, boo, boo I love you. Uh, but she was right, you know? And so then Miranda's like, so what do we do? And he's like, well, she told me that I'm supposed to arrange for you guys to meet at the house that's being unbuilt. And she's going to pretend like she's asking you for money. Like, uh -huh. oh, I'm not going to tell the police if you give me money. Uh -huh. And then she's going to bring her gun and she's going to try to kill you there. Mm. And she's like, fuck. And he goes... You know I would do anything for you, Miranda. And she was like, I mean, it makes sense. She's the only one that knows. There's no other way for us to get out of this clean unless we kill Lily. Oh. So the plan is, Brad, I'm gonna go in there by myself and you're gonna come in through the back door and you're gonna hit her over the head. She's not even gonna suspect it, okay? And you're gonna kill Lily. So then they meet at the house. Lily's waiting there. They meet in the dark and they're talking and Miranda sees Brad's sneak into the house and she's nodding gives him the nod but then she sees him walk towards her and hit her on the head and brad kills miranda a what <laughs> yeah and then lily and brad get into the car together before they dispose of miranda's body or like make it look like a crime scene and then lily and brad start drinking and brad was like thank you so much like i knew she was gonna turn me in like i and knew it and like I don't want to go to jail because my kids like she thinks she never even asked me how I would feel about murdering because of my kids like if I can't if I got a child like my cats my kids and so then Lily was like don't worry about it and so then she's giving him more alcohol and because he's an alcoholic and then he passes out that's when she strangles him and then kills Brad yeah, and then she drives Brad's truck all the way to Connecticut and then drags him to the well and throws Brad in with Chet and then puts more rocks in there, okay? And I mean, Chet's all bones now because it's been years. And so then um, she drives his car, abandons it in New York City, takes a train in cash back to Connecticut, asks her mom to drive her back to Maine where she drives her Maine to Boston. <laughs> Jesus. And then that's when I know there was so much driving in this book like and they would tell me the directions and like the street names And I'm like do I need to know this? <laughs> She's back in Massachusetts 
and then that's when Detective Kimball gets a call that a body was found in Maine. So they drive to Maine, they meet with the Maine police officers, and they're like, okay, it looks like she was probably having an affair with someone. We suspect the contractor because he's gone, he's been missing, we've tried to question everybody else, blah, 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 all that jazz. And Brad was the one that like the witness had seen, it makes sense that they were having an affair in Maine, blah, 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 and he killed her, and then he ran, he's running from the police. Now the police are like, there's something weird about this theory, because first of all, if he killed her because she was gonna like turn him in maybe, mm -hmm. why would he kill her? He would just go on the run. Like yeah. you'd rather just have one murder on your hands than two. And then secondly, they were thinking, you know, what if what if he did it on his own? What if Miranda had no idea that he was gonna kill her husband? And then he killed Miranda because Miranda was like, I don't wanna be with you. But that just doesn't make sense. Like, why would they be alone together in the house, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, none of it makes sense. Something's just so weird about it. Mm -hmm. And so as Detective Kimball is thinking about this, he's like, you know, I have to question Lily again. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to Lily's and he says, you know, I feel like you lied to me. I actually found out that you were in Maine when I was questioning a lot of people. You stayed at the hotel that Ted and Miranda stayed at. Why would you lie about that? And she says, okay, so... It's so embarrassing. Um, I lied because Ted told me about everything on the plane. And yeah, I mean, I thought it was weird because I knew her from college, but he just seemed so heartbroken. And he told me about how just devastating it was. And then he also ta talked to me about how great Maine was. So I guess me going to Maine was a little bit of curiosity of how good the place is. And he told me about the hotel to stay at. It was an amazing hotel. and. I kind of wanted to be a Nancy Drew, you know? I wanted to see for sure if they were having an affair. I don't know, something about it. I don't know if it was like the artistic side in me, like I'm an author. I just wanted to know, like maybe it could be a book one day. So I went to Maine, I asked people around if they were having an affair, nobody knew. I know it's so dumb, like I don't, it's probably so dangerous too. Mm -hmm. And I, met, I talked to Brad, he admitted to the affair, so I was like, holy cow. You know, uh -huh. citizen's arrest. I'm just kidding. I wanted to, but I didn't. And then I drove back. And then when you came, I felt so embarrassed to admit that I was trying to be a Nancy Drew because how mm -hmm. stupid does that sound? And then you brought up that you know my dad because you read his books. And then I didn't want to like break the, you think of him as like this idol. And then I don't want to break that for you because his daughter's so dumb. <laughs> All of that. And he's like, I mean, I guess that makes sense. And so he walks out, and as he's about to get into his car, and Lily's saying bye, mm -hmm. he says, you know, I've been meaning to ask, what was the name of that college boyfriend that you stole from Miranda? And she looked panicked. The first time he's ever seen her, Lily looked a little bit panicked. And she said, I didn't steal him. I mean, it, I guess perspective, but um, his name was Eric Washburn. Mm -hmm. But he, he, he's dead. Yeah. Um, it was like an accidental thing and she goes inside and so then he looks up Eric Washburn and all the articles written on him uh -huh. and he had died in London very interesting yeah. so he can't stop thinking about it now his superiors and his partner because police officers they all have a partner they're like let it go dude like let's just close this case it's Brad we're gonna try to find him it's gonna be a manhunt we're gonna put out a bolo on him and his vehicle it's gonna be a thing dude like I don't think Lily has anything to do with it and he's mm -hmm. like but I can't stop thinking about her and his partner mm -hmm. is like I get it she's pretty okay like that's why you can't stop thinking about her she's pretty it's not because you think that she has anything to do with the case let it go okay uh -huh. and he can't let it go so he keeps watching her he keeps going to her house watching her following her to connecticut when she visits her family 
and one day in Connecticut she visits a grave, a cemetery, and she sits down in front of a grave and is like this close to the tombstone and is studying something. He sees her just looking at this tombstone for like what seems like so long, right? Mm -hmm. And he had told his partner that he's going against the directions of upper management in the police department and following her today. So his partner was like, I don't think you should do that. But he was like, that's where I'm going to be. Anyway, bye. And he decides to get out of his car after she leaves the cemetery and goes to that grave because he needs to know whose grave that is. Like, why would she sit so long just staring at that grave? And as he's about to crouch down, he looks up and sees Lily coming towards him. And she says, I'm sorry. And that's when he feels a knife go into his stomach. What Lily's perspective. So Lily had seen that this detective was following her for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And so she had set up this huge ploy to kill him because the cemetery was largely empty and she could take a back road and move his body back into the well where everything was. Mm -hmm. So this this was the last thing that she just had to get out of the way. Detective Kimball, who's obsessed with her, and then everything else would go back to normal and she would never talk to anybody again and she would just live in solitude with her books. So she just had to kill him. But his partner was actually watching over him that day because he didn't want to get him fired because he felt like Detective Kimball was going to break some rules and try to get with Lily or some shit, right? So the partner saw everything go down oh and arrested Lily. Now, Lily had a plan, though. So she knew that Detective Kimball was kind of into her. Uh -huh. And so she made it seem like it was self-defense. So she said he'd been following me for so long. And the police realized that that wasn't his orders. He was never told by upper management to follow Lily. Oh my God, so then her Lily! Is like, her attorney is like, you're probably gonna get out on self-defense because a cop abusing his power to follow this little girl around? Yes. Of course. I mean, he got fired from his position. All of this shit happened, you know? The cop, Detective Kimball. And oh, he was fired? They also found him, like, because he writes down notes for his cases. He yeah. also wrote about how beautiful Lily was, and they found those in the notes. So it seems like he's an obsessive, you know, mm -hmm. authority figure who's trying to abuse his authority to... Is he dead? No, he's alive, though. Oh, that makes it scary, right? Yeah. So he was fired from his job and all of that, and Lily was very hopeful. She was like, you know, I'm going to get out of prison, and that's going to be it. And her attorney is like, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. Like, you're going to get out on self-defense. And that's when she gets a letter while she's in prison. I'll read you the letter. Oh, my God. My dearest Lily. She is, is in the prison. Yes. This okay. is from her dad. Okay. So she says that, you know, the lawyer left and I sat down on my cot, not opening the letter immediately. I took a moment. The news was so much better than she thought because, you know, her lawyer was like, dude, he's getting fired. Like, you're going to get out. And she said, I was going to get my life back. Maybe not right away, but eventually. And I opened the letter looking forward to reading it. My father had always been writing me letters since I was a little girl and they always cheered me up. So this is a letter from her father. My dearest Lily, your mother is off teaching her adult education classes this evening. So I'm here at home microwaving a frozen lasagna. Apparently it takes 15 minutes so I'll jot down another level letter. I spoke with your lawyer this morning and she said all sorts of hopeful things that made it sound as though you might be free to return to your life sooner rather than later. We can hope. It feels as though it's about 10 at night but it's only 5. The nights get dark early here. I'm enjoying a lovely cocktail. One tall glass of water topped with about two fingers of scotch. In essence, a whiskey flavored water. On the plus side, I am also never completely sober at any point in the day. Yet I wake up the next day feeling bright eyed and bushy tailed. I wish I'd discovered this drinking method years ago. I would have patented it and made a fortune. The microwave has dinged at me and my drink needs refreshing. Your mom mentioned something about her driving us up this weekend to see you. Until then, hang in there. Cheers, darling. Daddy. 
Oh, P.S. I forgot to tell you in my last letter, but I have some bad news. The old farm next door has been sold to a teenage hedge fund manager from the city. He's leveling the place and building sort of a weekend flop house with about 57 rooms. The bulldozers have begun to arrive. I'm only telling you because I know you loved that little meadow next to the well, and I'm afraid they're going to tear the whole thing up tomorrow. Your mother had suddenly become an outraged environmentalist. Sorry about the bad news. For all I know, you're probably wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Anyways, see you soon, Lily. Daddy loves you and always will, no matter what. They're gonna find the body, and they're gonna know it's her. And she's not gonna get out. Is that the end of it? Mm-hmm. Woo! This is so good! Really? So good! I what part why? is it not good? I guess it's just is so... Is it the writing? I think it is the writing. You because think? it just makes you like so I between every twist I almost wanted to give up oh. because how the woman in the window constantly was talking about her drinking problems. Yeah. This one was like a ways navigation. Just driving from Maine to fucking Connecticut to New York City to Massachusetts, then we go to London, then we go back to Maine, then we go back to Boston, then we go back to this. So you were trying to follow? No, it's just so much like mm. useless knowledge of roads. <laughs> And I'm so, I would get out of it, like, I'd, the minute that I'm getting into it because a twist came up, then it'd be three pages of driving instructions, and I'd zone out, and then just when I'm about to give up, it gets good again, and then it gets bad again, and then it gets good again, and then it's just like an unfulfilling book. It's very unrealistic, like, how they do things, but it's like one of those, like, really fun... But I think the way they also wrote it made it a little more unrealistic, too. Uh. Because also, the thing is, the two deaths were in the perspective of the dead people, so it's just a little bit weird. The writing mm. there was a little bit odd. Like, uh. it didn't feel as climactic, because Ted is talking about how he got shot. And I'm like, is Ted talking to me from heaven or hell? Like, where's Ted? <laughs> why is Ted telling me this? Like, why yeah. couldn't it have been in the perspective of Brad? Uh -huh. And then Miranda tells me when she gets murdered. So I think they're trying to hide the surprise. Yeah. Because Miranda, if you go from the murder, then it's very expected. But no, this is good. This is really good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a bam. Yeah, it is a baking a mystery. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I probably wouldn't necessarily recommend this book. <laughs> it's also not a trashy book either. Does that make sense? Like sometimes I'll pick up a trashy thriller that's like about like this girl called like lipstick and murder, you know? Like she's like a fashionista who catches murderers by accident. Mm. You know, like those are like, you know it's gonna be trash and like that's why you love it. It's like a sex in the city, but also murder, mm. right? But then this one was marketed as like this psychological thriller. And I was like, it feels like I'm reading Gossip Girl. <laughs> so like, yes, there's murder, but it, like none of it was like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I guess Probably. the other three, yeah. when like people were getting murdered, it was just so dark and I was like, <gasps> and then this one was just like, so anyways, Ted's dead. But I like the story. You did a great job. Thank you. You did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job not falling asleep. <laughs> yes. I'm really proud of you. You know what I mean? This is the best you've ever done. <laughs> so that's it for today's impromptu baking a mystery. Honestly, it was just going to be a rage video of me baking cookies and anger at this book, but it ended up being a 
pretty decent baking mystery. Let me know in the comments if you guys want more trashy murder books because honestly, I have fun time telling them. Not as much fun reading them, but I have a fun time telling them because then I get into a little story, you know, and then I take out all the directions because I'm not a Waze navigation system. <laughs> Why am I so mad? Yeah. By the way, this book author, this author, just legions more talented than I am at anything. So I'm, I'm not trashing the author. It's just when you compare it to the other books that I've recently read, it just hasn't hit the spot. But this person is still just like completely out of my league is what I'm trying to say. So thank you for watching today's video and I hope you guys enjoyed it and I'll see you around tomorrow, bitch.